This program is sponsored by Proponacy, where I'm the president and CEO. Proponacy is the Greek word for coaching. We provide SaaS technology to centers like yours. Most contact centers struggle with their people, whether it be overcoming monotony, attrition, or getting superior performance. Our solution makes it easier and cost-effective to get even more than you could possibly have expected from your front line. The result is loyal customers, engaged employees, and winning, provable, profitable results. You can reach us at Proponacy.com. You are being forwarded to the Contact Center Coach. I don't think I've made a history of being the worst at things, but there are many examples of where I was definitely the worst. I can remember multiple times where I felt like I was the worst dancer. Uh, I know I've been in church a, a zillion times where I felt like I'm the worst singer. And I'm sure there are, in every one of those instances, someone would come along and be just a little bit worse than me. And I don't know whether why I took solace in the fact that I wasn't the worst but I certainly was in the bottom of the barrel in, uh, in those two categories. Uh, I, I definitely was the, was the worst at some test scores that I got as I was growing up. And uh, man, you pick anything to do with understanding of you know, particular areas, which I don't really spend a lot of time in, um, I could easily be the worst. I, I don't have a recollection of anywhere where I was the worst employee. I was a dishwasher in college, a janitor, uh, worked in a um, worked in the outside machinist crew on submarines, and I, I guess in that instance, I was the worst employee that was going anywhere near the submarine. I was summer help, so I was probably the wrong guy. So I, I guess that's another instance of where I was the worst. But but I don't have many examples of being the worst employee. And I want to talk to you today in podcast sixty one about the worst employee that you have. And a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, like literally going back 60 podcasts, you'll find that I did a podcast titled Roses, Daisies, and Weeds. And we talked about the fact that in a contact center, there's really three types of people. There's roses, daisies, and weeds. Roses are our best employees. But like a rose, they require a little effort and they can be prickly. Let's face it, the White House doesn't have a daffodil garden or a gardenia garden. It has a rose garden. So roses are our best employees. And then we've got daisies. And daisies represent the middle pack. They represent about 60% of the organization. And daisies are pretty easy to grow. And, and roses need to be challenged. We have a tendency to reward them. Uh, daisies, we have a tendency to ignore them. But they need to be recognized. And then the third group, which is the weeds. And, and so the weeds, of course, is where the worst employee comes from. But you recognize pretty early on that every organization has roses, daisies, and weeds. Even the very best championship basketball, baseball, football teams, they've still got weeds. Now, in the Olympics, which are coming up, in, in the Olympic downhill skiing race, someone will come in last. But I promise you that there are better skier than 99.9% .9 of the people on this earth. But in, in that environment, in that competition, they're a weed. So the holy grail, of course, is that we know we've made it. We know that as a, as a contact center, as a leader, when we've got our team together, when our weeds 
are better than everybody else's roses. You're still gonna have roses, daisies, and weeds, but if our weeds are better than everybody else's roses, then I know we're happening. They just happen to be a weed in our over-excelling, extraordinary, spectacular group. So what I thought I would do today was to just walk through the different kind of weeds that you can have, and maybe your worst employee fits into one of these categories, and then some things that you can do about it. So first up is the incompetent weed. And the incompetent weed is someone that's just not very good at their job, and that usually is a hiring problem. So if you're struggling with a lot of incompetent weeds and you can't figure out which one is your worst employee because you have more than one, then you probably have a hiring problem. And, you know, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. You need to fix that now. If you go to your training organization, I promise you that they can tell you within the first half a day, some of them will tell you within the first 60 minutes or the first 10 minutes, they can tell you who's going to make it and who's not going to make it. And sometimes your supervisors can tell you pretty quickly who's going to make it and who's not going to make it. It's really, really important that those people work in your hiring areas to make sure that they're, they know what to interview for, what to look for. And I know that in today's challenging times, sometimes a body is just a body is just a body. But the reality is the more consistent, more connected you can get, the, the better chance that you've got of removing the incompetent weeds. You know, more training, more repetition can always help somebody who's incompetent be better. That we're, we're surprised all the time, but people that we didn't think could make it could make it. And sometimes their incompetence, they're, they're maybe in a particular area. Maybe they, they don't retain the information very well. Uh, maybe, they, um, maybe they just don't understand the information, but with some repetition, they can figure it out. Or maybe they just don't really think well on their feet, which means if they haven't experienced it, if they haven't been through it, they just don't know what to do with it. So in those instances, if you can just get them some repetition, gets them a little bit more training, you've got a, uh, you, you've got a shot to be able to, to fix that. And then, of course, with an incompetent weed, you kind of do that kind of assess, go, no, go. And it's the, it's the, it's the ultimate challenge of, of a leader in a contact center on a daily basis, right? Which is, am I, am I, am I, am I worse to, in, to incorrectly answer the phone or to not answer the phone at all? And if you've been in contact centers long enough, you kind of already know the answer to this, which is, is that you're probably willing to take the risk that they might answer something incorrectly because they're not going to answer all of them incorrectly. And so if they take 50 phone calls and they screw up five of them, is it better to have somebody screw up five of the 50 or is it better to not have anybody even answer the 50? And we've all been there before and you all understand that. So, so incompetent weeds uh, are, are more training, more repetition, being able to delve down and figure out what it is about their incompetence that you might be able to work through. And, and part of the incompetent weed might fit into the second category, which is the, which is the ignorant weed. The information is there, they just, they just don't know it. And, and, and the first place that you have to look at for an ignorant weed is you have to look at yourself. And when I mean yourself, I mean the organization, I mean the leadership, because maybe that's because of a lack of training on your part, which, which is huge, which means that, that, that they're ignorant because of you. Because either you race them through training, you're not following up, you're not spending enough time trying to understand where the contact area, content areas are. Maybe you don't have the technology in place to be able to deliver them some sort of burst training or some sort of areas where you can work on either their skills or their competence in a particular area. 
But that lack of training, which, which is an ignorant weed, again, ignorant is defined as the information's there, they just don't know it, usually ends up being you, which means that that's, that's fixable, that's self-induced, that's you doing it to yourself, so, so you have the capacity to, to fix that. Some, sometimes ignorance is just based because they're lazy, you know, and sometimes positive or negative reinforcement can work on that to make sure that they are that they are not being lazy. And we've talked in past podcasts about ways to positively reinforce someone or negatively reinforce someone. Uh, maybe they're distracted. Maybe it's just something that they're just a um, they're just they're just distracted and they don't uh, and, and they're just not focused. Which means that you probably need to take those distractions away. And I'm not quite sure what those are, especially if they're at home now. It becomes a little bit more difficult to be able to define whether they're distracted. And then, of course, an ignorant ring can just be simply unmotivated, which means that they're just not, they're not motivated. And so that requires you to find out what motivates them. Well, how do you find that out? You ask them, hey, what motivates you? Uh, I've said a million times in, um, in interviews, you know, what motivates you? Fear, fame, fun, or fortune. And usually you find in a context center, people aren't really motivated by, by uh, fortune. If they were, they probably wouldn't be working in a contact center. Uh, some people are motivated by fame, right? Which means that they, they, they like recognition. They like acknowledgement when people tell them they've done something well. Some people are motivated by fun, which is that they, uh, they simply just like to have fun. And, and, and the more fun they have, the more motivated they are. And some people are even motivated by fear. And I don't mean fear in the sense that you threaten them, but just fear of failure, which is there's a lot of people that expect a lot from themselves. And if they find out that they're not achieving and they're not accomplishing it, one of the ways that they're motivated is because of the fear of failure. So they want to try to work their way through. So that's the incompetent weed and the ignorant weed. You know, next up is, is the careless weed, right? That's somebody that knows what to do, but they're not paying attention. And this could be, this attention focus could, could focus, could be time of day. Maybe they, maybe they don't focus very well in the afternoon after they've had lunch when they're getting tired, or maybe it's the day of the week. Maybe they're horrible on, on Mondays or Fridays. And, uh, you know, I, I've told this story before on an older podcast that I, I used to work on submarines I, I, in, as an outside machinist. And on Friday afternoons, the bars, there was more bars outside of this defense department construction uh, of submarines than I've ever seen in my life. I mean, there must have been 100 bars. And at lunchtime on Fridays, they were just set up with all sorts of shots and beers and people would be running up there drinking them. So, so, so Friday afternoon, man, was dangerous. And so I used to go lock myself in the torpedo tube with a book and I would not go anywhere near anybody or do anything late Friday afternoon because it was, um, it was very, very dangerous. So my attention was certainly in other places. But attention can also be personal issues that they've got or just simply systemic burnout or repetition. Well, what do we do with these careless weeds? How do we get them how do we get some attention? Well, I mean, you know, contests and games, it's why gamification helps because it's something that'd be going on on a regular basis. Usually we have a way to gen one up for the Kentucky Derby or for March Madness or the Super Bowl, but we don't seem to have the ability to find something that keeps them interested on a regular basis. And I'm not talking about fun team games. It might be just an individual uh, uh, recognition or acknowledgement for them or giving them a way that they can measure streaks or they can measure some short-term goals, just something that helps them to pay better attention. We want a reason for them to take a phone call at two o'clock in the afternoon and want to and wanna do a good job on it. So they're going to get some good customer experience feedback on it, or they're going to you know, uh, achieve some other target or goal. Short-term burst goals make a lot of 
difference. And then, of course, whenever you do any sort of a contest or a game, the reward or recognition that they get from that is really important as well. And again, dependent on them and how do we find out what they recognize, you ask them what it is that, that, that they might want to be reinforced by and you use that accordingly for them. So next up after a careless weed is just kind of a attitudinal weed, which is just somebody that's got a, a bad attitude. And, and that's, a, that's something we have to be careful about, you know, because sometimes people have an attitude, attitude problem outside of work, but not necessarily inside of work. Right. And is this attitude problem when they're on the phone or just internal? And, and, and both are significant and both are important, but obviously both have completely different, different plans of how you would address those. The bottom line is, is that you can't change an attitude. It, it, it's, it's their choice, but you can change their option to change their attitude and ways to show it. And sometimes that's a, that's a pip, you know, whether it's formal or informal. Sometimes that's just simply a verbal warning where we sit down and talk to them about, about their attitude and we address them and clearly communicate to them exactly what it is about their attitude that you want to change. You can't just tell somebody, hey man, you got a bad attitude. You've got to explain to them, you know, you, you have an attitudinal issue and it's in this particular area and this is how you solve it. You either A, start doing X or B, you stop doing Y then we get them to recognize and acknowledge the fact that they need to stop doing X and or start doing Y. And then here are the consequences associated with that. And when you do that, that usually ends up, whether that's verbal or whether that's formal, that's usually the best step to deal with an attitudinal weed. And then finally, we have just a harmful weed. And and those are people that are just simply poison. Here's a little bit of a new paradigm based on your organization, because maybe those those Poison people are now out of the office rather than in the office. So it's taking you a while to recognize that or to acknowledge that and, and to see that and to take action accordingly. Well, listen, if it's a harmful weed, you need to get them to the exit as quickly as possible, quickly as legally possible, as quickly as your HR department allows you to move through the process. Once you recognize a, a, a harmful weed, the time is your responsibility on how fast you move them through to exit them from the organization. You need to make sure that you don't miss a gate, that you don't miss a step. And so I always describe that as stay nearly far away, which means you need to be right on the things that you need to be doing, which, which will allow them, of course, to change their harmful ways and to maybe possibly uh, be reinstated or, or have an opportunity to to uh, overcome their challenges and get back in, in, in the good graces of the organization and become a successful contributing employee. But, but we, need to be, we, need to, we need to protect the organization from them at the same time we walk through the paces or the targets or whatever the things are that are going on. You know, we have a tendency when we get into a break or when we're talking to our peers, we have a tendency to talk a lot about our worst employees. And sometimes they can take up an enormous amount of time, but sometimes they can be fixed. And that's simply because there's somebody else that's much worse than them that comes along that bumps them out of that position, or sometimes they change. Sometimes they become a contributing part of your organization. And, and what a success story that is when that happens. And, and what a success it is when you can move somebody from one of these, a weed position up to a daisy and maybe even onto a rose. But but whether they're, you successfully get them back into the organization or you successfully get them out of the organization, both of those are your job. 
Because when we say they're the worst employee you have, the operative word is you. They're your responsibility. You have to do something with them. Hopefully, this 15-minute podcast will help you make some of those decisions so that you can define them, you can create a strategy, and you can uh, make a change in that person. Listen, uh, don't forget that there's incompetent weeds, ignorant weeds, careless weeds, attitudinal weeds, and harmful weeds, but they're all your weeds, so you need to do something about them. So this week, this month, uh, do your job. And do your job great because I know you have the capacity to do it great. I say over and over again, week in and week out, you have the capacity and capability to be a great leader. It simply requires hard work and effort on your part. Go make it so. It's great to talk to you. Look forward to talking to you next week. Bye-bye now. You are being forwarded to the contact center coach.